Welcome, welcome to another episode of Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. We're coming to you at about 10.30 on March 8th. It's a Wednesday. Just recorded a, a, about a 20-minute show with Josh Bow. Dallas Mavericks fell to the New Orleans Pelicans, 113-106. to 106. Dallas Mavericks also lost Luka Doncic to a thigh injury, which actually seems to be a... It, he went from being hurt to being injured with something that they were already managing. He'll be getting an MRI tomorrow. He said it feels not good when asked about it. Not great is how I feel about all this. I'll also tell you I got 21% phone charge, which means I don't have a ton of time before my phone dies. Uh, so, Luka Doncic is getting an MRI. Big shot uh, Saba down there. Mr. Saba in the chat asking a asking a question. It is a thigh uh, MRI. So, thigh, hamstring, like it's the front of his leg, not the back of his leg, but all these muscles are connected. Um, not, not good. Not good. Ugh. So, let's talk about it. Lament. And then take two days off. We all need the two days off. Coming up first, my guy Grayson. What's up, Grayson? How are you? Thanks for joining. Hey, Kirk. Been a minute. So let's just go right into it. Jason Kidman. Uh, Great coach. Yeah. We should keep him forever. <laughs> uh, I'm not uh, – Not I, I, they're not going to fire him. You know, no. They're not going to. I'm not going to come up here and say they should. I'm curious if you think it's a possibility in the off season though. No, the only time yeah. he leaves is if Luka Doncic is sick of his shit. Cause I, I like, I think clearly there is coaching issues with this team. Don't think that's just kid. Like I think the entire staff collectively is doing a much worse job this year than they did last year. I mean, year. I know like, like it doesn't matter who, but I heard early on in the from somebody who knows stuff like a, another media member that another like a higher assistant coach basically needed to have explained like plus minus and lineups and stuff like that and how that stuff worked so it's just you know you have nine assistants and then jason kidd so 10 people that's tim cato it's on the records how many people like the like a lot of nba teams have assistant coaches but when you do that sort of thing it's just it, like it makes me wonder who's responsible for what like how much stuff do you need covered yeah, I mean, when you're bringing Marcus Morris off the bench as your yeah, that's when I knew I was like, this is it's going to be one of those games. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I'm. I also think that you can't you can't fire a kid until you re-sign Kyrie because I think that was a huge selling point. Oh sure, and like, he talks he's he's talked so much about it in his press conferences yeah. about like how excited he is to be here and work with kid. And I know he's I, it. Well, I don't know for sure, but he seems to be more popular amongst the players, at least compared to Rick. Although the bar is extremely low, uh, sure. I just am like, hey, you guys should bring in Ime Udoka, but uh, that's not going to happen. And we're just going to keep being frustrated adaptations uh, until they figure it out for the playoffs? Question mark. Right. Got to get there first. Yeah. Right. I uh, with Luca looking like he's going to miss some time. I'm curious to see how far into the play and we fall. Although they did play pretty well without him uh, when Kyrie came in. They do play well first, without so. him, but it, it just becomes a depth issue. And Josh Bo talked about this on the show he and I just recorded. And he's like, Jason Kidd has a, it frustrates him that he doesn't have defensive players, which is why a guy like Morris goes in, which is why Theo Pinson and Frank play despite neither of them really being functional basketball players. It's because the concept of them revolves around defense. But how did the Mavericks get back into the game? It's offense. They don't have defensive players who are good at anything other than, you know, the theory of defense. They're not even actually good in practice. Yeah, no, they have one good defensive player right now. Uh, (laughs) They are so limited in so many ways, even when they're fully healthy. Um, so to be, you know, Timmy's banged up and Reggie didn't play tonight. Maxie's banged up. Like for some reason, kid won't give wood more than like 10 minutes, even though I think he's healthy. Uh, it's just, it's ugly. Um, and we're in the dog days of the season now. 
Um, I, I will say, I just, I need to say this before I forget. If you want to feel better about the Mavericks loss, go look up at the volume sports. Draymond Green cooks Dylan Brooks for two and a half minutes in one of the <laughs> meanest, funniest, most dead on roasts I've ever heard one professional athlete do to the, do to another. I mean, Dylan Brooks should retire after getting after getting owned like this. It, it, that made me feel better about everything related to this game because it's like, oh, at least I'm not Dylan Brooks. The quote that stood out to me there was when he said, the dynasty doesn't start with you when you leave. It starts and I, after I, you. Oh, right. He starts after you. Thank you. So uh, mean. And I, it's just insane like, to hear uh, an active NBA player who – punched his teammate in the face before the season started say that about another active NBA player who right. he very publicly hates. It's like, the most like, we're in like a new era. I used to love WWE and it's just the most like wrestling shit I've heard a player do in a long time. So yeah, Draymond's out there given Roman Reigns promos at this point. <laughs> like it's crazy. He's Draymond thinks he's the head of the table, I guess. Well, I'll let someone else come up and talk. Um, I had to get my thoughts on Jason Kidd out of the way, even though Everything will stay the same. Nothing yep. will change. And uh, he just needs to stop doing it. Like, like what would go a long way is him stopping doing this stuff. That's all. You know, it's the little mistakes that you don't need to like, like wander into the field of rakes about. We're still going to bitch about him, but I wouldn't call for his head if he wouldn't do this stuff. But anyway, thanks, Grayson. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm. Sam, what's happening? Kirk, what's up? Can you hear me? I can. Excellent. I'll make it quick. Um, because to be honest, I didn't really, I didn't really even watch the game until the fourth quarter, so I didn't realize Luca was out. But you know, if I if I go by Twitter, you know, kid mismanaged the rotation from the start, and the only reason we got back into the game was because, like you said, instead of playing three minutes of Theo Penton and playing nine minutes of Frank. We had Christian Wood out there and Kyrie and Tim Hardaway and actually Davis Patrons, you know, came back to life for a little bit. So like we actually had players that could, you know, score the ball. So we were able to come back in it, but we just couldn't stop nobody because that's what we've been all year. And that's that's been the problem the whole year, I feel like. It's just been it's been mismanaged from day one. Like from from the Phoenix game, game one of the season on, it's just been if it's not if it's not one thing, it's another thing. So that's what makes the season so frustrating. So it's kind of like you know, damn if you do, damn if you don't. And now Lucas hurt. Who knows how long he's going to be out? But like like the last person said, um, I mean when Kyrie came and we didn't have Luke at all, like we actually played good for like a four game stretch. So I'm kind of hoping yeah. we kinda get, we kind of get back to that point. Because obviously with Luca it's a different pace, and with Kyrie they play a lot faster. Well, you know who's so. a, who's a secret sauce in that that would really help if he played basketball and stopped derping around. His name's Josh Green. Josh Green. He has scored. 15, <laughs> he has scored fifteen points over the last four games. Yeah, that's that's a little bit disappointing. But I mean, it's it's been said like you know, hey, whatever you start, yeah. people gonna stop paying attention to you, so you know you're gonna get more focus. So. You know, it's, it, I, I'm not even mad at him. He's still learning. And, of course not. No, I agree with that entirely. Yeah, he's taking a big step this year. So all you can ask for is, you know, you just you learn from this, improve. But hopefully this may get him back on track because we do need him. Because with the injuries yeah. we got, uh, the way that we're playing right now, um, you know, it's starting to get to that slippery slope. And we got all these road games. I don't care if we're playing Memphis without Ja. Like, Memphis has been pretty good these last three games. They've had a chance to win all these games. So we I mean, get- they won. They so I don't know if you remember the stat last year when Ja was out, they won more games without Ja than the LeBron than the the Cleveland Cavaliers won without LeBron during his entire stint in Cleveland. Oh yeah, they're like twenty. They were like killing teams because they're good. They're well made team, and like he is an unbelievable hat. Like like. Uh, fast break player, but like their offense is actually pretty garbo in the half court, and he's he's a big part of that because he doesn't have he doesn't have a bag anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to those games. No, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. But yeah, like I said, I mean, hell, they they played the clip. They they should have beat the yep. Clippers. They probably should have beat the Lakers, but AD went off. So it's like they've had a chance to win these games that yes. they play with that. So we could easily lose these games without Ja. So. They need to figure out something because it's getting to that point now where 
I'm I'm convinced now. I think we're just going to be in the plan. <laughs> like I just think I just I just think we're going to be there because even though the you know the Warriors are playing bad on the road and you know other teams are playing, Minnesota's not that great. We're not great either. So it's kind of like we got we got two great players and then we got a bunch of role players who who have good skills, but you know they don't mesh together as far as what we need to do to win. I feel like. Yep. So we're kind of stuck in. Well, I guess we should get ready to uh, look forward to playing the Clippers in the playing game. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Sam, thanks so much for hanging out. You got anything else? Oh, no, I'm good. You have Dude, a good night. Clippers in the plan. Talk about me being upset online. Jacob, welcome back. Two nights in a row. Glad to have you. What's going on? I'm not glad to be here tonight. That's for sure. Fair uh, enough. I just want I just want to hit you with this quick uh, little factoid. Um, despite Sam, Leno, um drafting Mark Bagley over, over Luca. Five years later, I'm pretty sure we, we can all agree that, you know, they're in a much better place than us right now. The Kings? Oh, just, yeah. 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 Just the Sacramento, who was, you know, for how many years they were one of, if not the most dysfunctional franchise in all of the league. My, Mike Brown's going to be coach yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah, kudos to him. Sabonis is cold. Darren Fox is nice. Should have been an all-star. Or, well, he, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, but I know what you mean. He, I, I think he was a replacement, yeah. but I could be wrong. Right, right. I just wanted to get that out of the way before I bring up the conversation that I well, hopefully you let me bring it up because uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure you're not a fan of the other four teams in Dallas. I, I could be wrong, but. Uh, Who are we talking? Because I, I, I will appreciate all – like, I mainly troll Cowboys fans. I don't even dislike Cowboys. But baseball, I will go to Rangers games. Stars games, the coolest – like, I watched the – was it 99 where they won the cup in the, the overtime game seven? Yeah, yeah game six. That yeah, was Red the cool – that might – like, that's a top five sporting event in my life. That shit was wild. I, I was only, unfortunately, like two years old, so I, I, was, I can't. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm so old. <laughs> I was sophomore or maybe a freshman in high school. That was real cool. Right, right. Well, I, I bring up those other teams because the conversation that I kind of wanted to bring up is despite the Mavs being one of the last four teams in the league last year, is it fair to say that they are now the furthest team of the four from winning a championship? I don't know. I, uh, Josh Boat wrote a whole column on this where he thinks if they are able to re-sign Kyrie, that Luca Kyrie base allows them some gravity to do some things because I think we, mm-hmm. I, I, I think we we make team building seem easier than it is, but then again, the Mavericks also just sort of do painfully dumb stuff for the last several years. I talent wins out. And hopefully talent can attract more talent. That's kind of his argument. But I will say at this very moment, they're in a precarious situation. Right. No, I, my argument is that, you know, well, I guess I could start with the Cowboys. You know, you say what you want about them. At least Will McClay, you know, they draft well, really well. Uh, the, like football is really hard to win. It's probably the hardest sport to win in with the cap and whatnot. And, like, you know, maneuver like, especially having to pay a quarterback, which you can say what you want about Dak, but that's just the market for quarterbacks. And the Rangers, they're, they've been the most terrible, but, you know, they're, 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 I give them credit. They're doing all the right things right now. Ray Davis, the owner, is saying all the right things right now. They signed Jacob DeGrom. I mean, you know, they can actually attract players like this. And you know what? The, the Rangers are actually going to take drafting a little bit more seriously now, building the, the uh, minor league system. And then the Stars, I think they've actually been probably the closest team for years now. When they went to the they went to the finals in 2020, they go to the playoffs almost every single year. Great at drafting, they keep their good players. Uh, they make very calculated free agent signings and all this stuff. And like it's like with the map, like I, I asked Bob Stern the same question a couple of years ago, and I understand his argument. He's saying the, the map hardest part out of the way. They got but the they keep fucking up other stuff. Right, right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we've proven that that might not really matter. Well, that it's much. A, but that's where that's where I like my mind with a fair segment of other Mavs commentators, where it's just like, well, no, they didn't, they didn't mess up the other stuff, and it's like, well, sometimes they do, and that's okay. Like, every, I will say though, my my criticism of the front office aside, they've 
it's like the road not taken has often worked out for the Mavericks, like repeatedly over the. That's fair. Yeah, like not, not signing Hassan Whiteside. You you mind, you know, stuff. And people still want Hassan <laughs> Whiteside. And it's like, why do you think him and Boogie aren't playing, folks? God, hell no. No, it, but I mean, like, I do have to wonder, like, how things differently, how, th- how things could have been if we would have signed D Will in 2012 and then maybe gotten Dwight. I mean, you know, like, or tanked correctly and then, you know, picked Giannis, you know. Instead of Shane Larkin, you know, but we wouldn't have Luca. That's right. That's right. And that's it, the, you know, all roads bring so. you to Luca. And then I, I, when I am not being an asshole, I will say that most of their moves since then were, were things that didn't work as opposed to being dumb. Some of the things I, I, and then I pivot other times when I am being an asshole and think they're dumb, but sometimes things just don't work. You know, and and that's like the KP thing just didn't work, and we're gonna pay for it for a while because we owe the the Knicks the pick this year. You know, luckily Kyrie Luca is is not a bad starting point, and I feel bullish on that at the moment, and hopeful for everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that that's pretty well said. I mean, it's just. I, I just, I don't know. I just wish we would take the draft so much more sure, seriously. But that's a years long thing. Um, I mean, we had a guy, yeah. we had Matthew Phillips wrote a piece a couple of years ago. The 2001 draft, um, if you look at what the Mavericks did then, might have soured Cuban on the draft for like forever. They had, they invested so much capital into one, no, it's 2000 draft, excuse me. And every single thing they did except for Eduardo Nahara didn't work. And it was like, they, they used a lot of capital. So it's like, the the draft I, I don't necessarily blame Cuban for feeling like the draft is a bit of a crapshoot. It's just you, you got to care about all angles of team building. Yeah, I mean the draft. I mean that's the easiest, cheapest way to yeah build talent, right? And we're just, we just yeah don't don't seem to take it very <laughs> seriously. And I, I get it when it's hard when it's it's hard when you're in a league to where like location plays such a big deal. Like, uh, you know, teaming up with your friends plays such a big deal. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it, like, the, the answer is not simple, but it's just like we're at a point right now. It's like, well, what if, uh, what if Kyrie doesn't stay? Is, is, it, every, like, is it the Pablo Escobar meme where it's like, like, is that what it is? Where it's like, like, there's three photos of him Marcos, like staring Bruce. out into the void. Yeah. Standing in the bottom. Yeah, is that how there. everybody just feels right now? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I blame first, so. first, personally. I blame Dalton Trigg because he went to the game, and when he goes to games lately, bad things happen. So you guys should at him and tell him that it's his fault. I feel. I mean, hey, I get it. Uh, I've only been to two Mavs games ever, even though I, I live in Grand Prairie now. Uh, I've only been to two, and we lost both. Uh, one of them was, was that um, in 2014 when Steph hit, hit that insane game winner, falling. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's a pretty cool game to be at, though. Yeah, and, and Monte should have had a goaltend, and yeah, that. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, and I guess in that, uh, in that aspect, it's kind of like uh, us being soured on the draft. It's like, well, you know, why take the risk? Right. No, I'm kidding, but yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that conversation up. See what you thought. So. Appreciate you, man. Talk soon. Oh, you guys are great. Oh, hey, friend of the show, epic podcaster, Nick Angstad. How you doing, buddy? Find that horrible button. What's up, man? What is what happened tonight, Kirk? Explain it to me like I'm five. Well, what happened was uh, I signed up for the recap, then forgot I signed up for the recap, had my son's uh, soccer and baseball <laughs> practice, arrived at halftime and felt like that meme of uh, Donald Glover walking in with everything on fire and holding the pizza. It was <laughs> it was a little dark. Because they rolled I, the wrong they rolled the wrong number on the dice, I guess. I, I mean I sort of expected like a loss just because the Mavericks have been so rough on the road and on the second end of back-to-backs. I guess I'm it's I'm surprised they played Luca at all, but that just sort of sort of shows that the importance of what they placed in this game, right? Can I can I test the take? Is this a place oh, to God, test the yeah. take? No, on like it? I'll tell you, you'll feel good about this. Nobody listens to this show compared to the recap <laughs> show. We get like fifty percent of the listeners, but I keep doing it anyways because I love it. Um, 
Luca played because I don't think the the coach ha- the coach has control over him in any way, shape, or form. Sexy, I can get behind this. I I, I think that if Luca wants to play, he plays. I think if Luca wants to drive, he drives. I think if Luca wants to take a step back three, he takes a step back three. And like we've just seen it over and over again. Luca wants to complain to the refs. The coach calls him out in the media, and Luca doesn't care at all. Gets a tech the next game. Like, that was amazing. We've just seen this so often that. We can talk about well, Luca has no. Luca respects Jason Kidd. Well, he doesn't respect what Jason Kidd says, apparently. So, like, I don't know what what kind of coaching is happening, but there, there's really no offense being run besides just Luca doing his thing, and then also Kyrie doing his thing. And oh, guess what? When Frank Milikina is, is out there as a guard, he's just doing the thing too. And you're like, wait, why is this happening? See, and, and I, yeah, I, I love this take. Because it's a diff- it's a variation on something I've been sort of pitching, and I've gotten a lot of pushback from it just due to reactions. But I think that, that Luca wants to be coached hard. And I think he isn't, so he takes every inch he's given. And, you know, maybe we're past the Rubicon where it really matters because he can be a top five NBA player even if he's not playing at his best. You can get 15 right. and 8 with a bum so thigh. So it's like, like, who talks to him? <laughs> who gets through to him? I. But then again, it's just like, this is where, you know, because of his quiet demeanor, and I've heard, I, I want to say it was uh, Brandon, or I want to say it was, um, who was the Mavs backup center in 2011? Uh, we, we'd sign him from, yeah. Uh, Brandon Wright? Brandon, no. What's wrong no, with uh, me? Oh He's Washington no. Wizard. Uh, uh. Mahimni. Hey, thank you. Good Lord. I'm embarrassing. Different one. I, different, different wizard. <laughs> I want to say Brandon Hayward basically like told a story about how kid would like pretty much cuss people out under their, under his breath all the time. And we, and we just didn't know. And I wonder, and I, I have to believe this is kind of what he does as a coach where he's not demonstrative, but it's just, it's, I, I would like to see like, there's nothing wrong with a little comp, like competitive fire. And. Oh, this 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 version of kid even since even since they hired him this version of kid is not he doesn't necessarily care about how he comes off as a coach he wants to make sure that he is not viewed as like the angry guy that you know has the domestic violence oh. thing against him like he's really trying to cover up or he's really trying to like change his perception across the league remember the guy that was screaming at his players on christmas day yeah. it's like run more in that in that book that Miriam Fader wrote about Giannis. Yeah. no i've and i've uh, talked he, about that a lot and that's where it's a little difficult because I think that, that the environment Cuban would like to have is that it's a small family business where everybody works there for 50 years and retires. But in a competitive industry, you're going to have short-lived relationships and people burn out because it's intense. And I, I sort of think that like there's an element to where maybe nobody coached Luca for more than three years at a time because there's too much friction. But if he's growing and if the team's growing, that's fine. I, I, I don't know. Well, um- and winning, right. winning covers everything. I mean, last year we thought I was like, I was like, I was like, God dang, is is kid a good coach? Like I, I, I trashed him for like months when the, the hiring happened, and then all of a sudden I'm like, this is a well coached team. This team knows what it is. This team can win close games. Like it was just the weirdest thing. But like th- this team under kid, like they, they he looked like a good coach last year because they embraced their identity. They had some defensive players. They were able to get to like a top ten defense, and then Luca and the offense were able to do just enough to make it work. Plus, you had some leaders with Brunson and, and yeah, Dorian yeah. and Dwight even. But kids just not embracing what this team is at this point. Like, we, we hear them at every press conference be like, well, you know, people want to see 120 to 120. They don't want to see 80 to 80. And, like, he's talking completely out of frustration that that's what the NBA is now. He doesn't want that. He, no. He, you know, Remember what he was as a coach. Like, and you saw that by who he played earlier. Like you mentioned that early, like you mentioned that a bit bit earlier when you were talking about the fact that they went to Morris and then they went to Theo and then they went to Frank. And it's like those guys are they're they're not even good defensive players. They are ideas of defensive players. So it's like no. he's really grasping and frustrate and frustrated at those elements. And I get it, but it at least like Bertons plays hard. I sometimes don't feel that about some of these other guys. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, at times, like in a game like this, that like the Mavericks struggle against these teams that are like they, they give a crap and that like go out there and 
put forth effort. They, they struggle against all these effort guys. I've, I've called them sweaties for years. Like <laughs> the video game term where you have a sweaty guy that just like That's me. tries way harder than everybody else. That, everybody is, that else. is me. I feel this. Well, not just sweaty in general, Kirk. Like sweaty <laughs> that was how I played, though. I was like a garbage man. I couldn't do anything, but I could run my ass off. But like they struggle against these guys because what are what do some of these Mavericks like have to play for? Like who's who's trying to like earn minutes right now? I mean, maybe Christian Christian would probably, but I think that ship is sold. Josh Green was, and then he was playing a bunch, and then he wasn't, and now he's back again. Uh, Jaden Hardy should be, I guess, but like there, there's nobody that has like things to prove right now on this team. It seems like. Because they're not a young team, Kirk. Callie Kaplan wrote after the game like that the lack of urgency is starting to catch up with them. And I can't, for as much as a a negative Nancy as I can be, I desperately do not want to talk about this team if they go under 500. I I will dread that conversation because, (laughs) and, and you know, you and I chatted about this occasionally behind closed doors. Like, it's actively bad for us when the Mavericks stink. People just don't listen. Oh, the, the difference between wins and losses on Lockdown Mavs is actually it's, it's incredible. Like, oh, everybody, like, there's a huge section of the fans that are, like, on to the next one, which kudos to them. I can't help but wallow. <laughs> well, the last guy that was on here, he's, like, talking about the boys drafting and the Rangers. Like, imagine if you had other things to think about in sports besides just one Well, oh, I told Josh <laughs> on the on the show he and I just recorded that the, the, the thing that's going to happen is, like, Something bad will happen to the Mavericks. Like Kyrie will sign elsewhere. I'll get fired for saying something stupid, and then I'll just go play Starfield on Xbox right as the next Mavericks season starts. <laughs> and we, and right. we never just, heard just from off, Kirk you know, again. Just right off into the distance. <sighs> well, if you don't follow Nick, you're a moron. Locked on Mavs. They put out great content every day. Like, like not kidding, guys. Like five, five and a half days a week of Mavs stuff. And so you should for them and uh you should really ask isaac for his takes on chili and uh cinnamon rolls <laughs> cinnamon roll one of the weirdest combos that like a bunch of people are totally never heard of it. and you're right me either yeah. but then a bunch of people were like how could you not have heard of that and i was like you have like this is a thing you I, do the, just the two the two americas there's like 360 <laughs> well man thanks for hopping on it's i really appreciate pot. it they did they didn't tell you that it was like a, a sectioned melting pot. That's right. That's right. All right, man. Anyway. You have a good night. All right. Appreciate you. I got like 9% battery. My phone is actually surviving here. We got four people left. We're going to make it happen. Brian, what's up? Brother, the season is over. The season is over. The season is over. I said this. I said the first Pelicans game. When they lost to that sweaty ass Jose Alvarado led team, that sucked. Come closer to the mic too, because they gave. Yo, am I yeah, yeah. Now? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I said when they lost to that sweaty ass Jose Alvarado led team, Jason Kidd needed to be fired from then. Wow, and that was in like November, I want to say. And the Pelicans have effectively ended the season for me. This loss was bullshit. Like it, it did not need to happen. Zero sense of urgency. Terrible rotation decisions. Just terrible. I called this game over when I saw Frank Nilakina take a 14-foot pull-up in the second quarter. Frankie smokes. It's painful. No need for him to be in the game. No need. Jaden Hardy just sitting on the bench just riding away, and what did he do as soon as he came in? It gave you a spark offensively, which is where you needed it. Because yeah. you have two players in the rotation that can dribble and was out there on one leg for the last three games, which is another thing that baffles me. But nobody in this organization can wrangle Luca because, frankly, he doesn't respect any of them. And if what Nick said is true about Jason Kidd not yelling at refs and going to bat demonstratively for his start. No, game. I said that. Nick didn't say that. I said, oh, that. said that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, we, yeah, we can't put words in, in Nick's mouth. <laughs> Please. Thank you for the correction. If that's true, and he's doing that just to combat, like, an aggressive perception of him because of, like, his previous uh, history with domestic violence, he needs to be fired yesterday. Because I complained about that the day he got fired. I mean, guys, this this organization, this organization let a dude jack off in the office to porn. Like, they're not firing a kid for crappy coaching. What are we doing? I know they're not. And that's exactly why I said 
the season is over. I said in the second quarter, I've seen this script a hundred times. I know how this movie plays out. I, I'm, 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 I can't be invested in this anymore. I'm done, man. I'm going to check in on them every couple games. But, yeah, no, sit Luca for two weeks. If we can't, like, make the play-in without him, giving him time to get healthy, then we don't deserve to be there. Pray for a lot of Riyadh. Put Kyrie on a minutes limit because he's been playing a lot of minutes too. He has been playing a lot of minutes. I wrote I, I I'm I'm not like worried because I think he's he's playing for a contract, but I also don't it's like nobody wants him hurt. Man, for a small guard that had an injury rap sheet as long as like a ten year vet when he was twenty four, right. he has played a lot of minutes yeah. for us. So they've got to watch that and be careful with that. Man, wait till the offseason, spend the block on the nets and see if they'll give you a reasonable price for Nick Claxton or go draft, like trade for into the back end of the first round to see if you can draft Derek Lively or something in the first round. Hey, to us. Uh, some perimeter defense. Here's, here's a fun one. Terrence Ross scored 24 points tonight. I'm mad. Now I'm mad again. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at that only because he killed Phoenix like two games ago. Yeah. At the end of a game. So I'll take that trade off. I, Terrence Ross, Justin Holiday is two sides two sides of the same overcooked patty. It's for fine. sure. But yeah, man, this this season's a wrap. Do what you can to try and resuscitate Josh Green. Get Jaden Hardy out there. Let him get some burn. And just put out there guys that are going to play hard. Like like you said, Big Head. He that was Bertans. For those of you who don't know. He's going to play hard. Now he's 90% of the time not going to play well, but he'll play hard. Yep. Like, don't throw Theo out there. He's loafing around. And he's Theo, Theo plays like guy. he's somebody, and I can't handle it. Yeah, he plays like he's Devin Booker, man. It's like you're the 15th guy. He has this, like, demonic language. You know he fucking reminds me of? This is an old reference, but he reminds me of the road, like, like the road dog of Degeneration X, who is, like, the lamest <laughs> of all of those guys. He'd be on the mic talking shit. No one gave a crap about road dog. Ugh. Yeah, I man, Theo is just paid to go out there and pose and yes. yell. It, yeah, is is bad, man. Maybe I'm exaggerating, I, and frankly, I, I'm certain that I am. But no, it feels bad. Losses like this suck. At, at, Kirk, we have had like 16 of these. Oh yeah, there are so many losses where I said to myself, "Oh yeah, this is the one. I'm done with this thing." Well, I'm sorry about that. I'm yeah, glad you joined us back. to talk, though. Of course, man. Right, I appreciate man. you having Talk me. Talk soon. Be good. Brandon, what's up? We got 7% battery, so we got to cook with gas here. <laughs> Tell me what you're thinking. Oh, man, Kirk, I'm going to fly through it. Yeah, somebody uh, brought up the Cowboys. I, I, I will compare them to, the, to, to my New York Mets, man. You know, they had uh, – you remember they had uh, three Js, uh, and the Mets at one time had the – the big pitching lineup and everybody thought it was going to work out, but you know, they fell on their face and mm. now, you know, the Mets, they, they, they kind of have one championship. The, the Mavs have one. They miss always go for one big home run during all season, falling in the face. And it's kind of how Dallas is. So <laughs> my team suck. You know, I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh fan, man, so. you're paying good gracious. Brandon. Dude, I'm telling you, man, I used to, I used to love Fred Taylor, man. And I mean, that dude was was abusive. If anybody not you know familiar with that dude, they got to go back and watch him because I th- I think he's way better than Emmett. You know, he just played on a on a sucky team. But uh, man, uh, I was looking at the Mavs box scores and those dudes average you know seven rebounds, seven offensive rebounds a game. So I'm like, man, it's it's bad. And you know, they're they're last in two point percentage, and you know, first in three point attempts and 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 you know, three point percentage. But I mean, it doesn't it doesn't balance out. You know, when you're last in something and first in something, it doesn't put you in the middle. That just puts you in a position where you know you live by the three or die by the three. Right. You know, kind of like the last caller said or previous caller said that you know they need somebody that's going to be able to slash, not just sit there and shoot. Because I mean, they're just so predictable. You know, I kind of wonder if other, if other coaches, you know, in the locker room are just like, man, just let them do shoot. Because they're gonna live by the three or die by the three. They're gonna beat us or you know or or not beat us. And it's just it is what it is. You know, I think you brought up at one time. You said that Draymond called him out for having two plays, 
and it's kind of the position they're in now. They just they just shoot, and you know it's kind of to the point where I, I mean I'm with everybody else. I'm just kind of to the point where you know I just I root for the jersey and hopefully they pull out a win. But you know um, expectations are always you know not high but not low. It's just just watch them and, and hope for the best. That's about right, and we got plenty more games left, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, plenty more games left. You know, I don't know. I don't know if kids gonna give an old pep talk to to light a spark, but something something's got to happen, man. It's you know something's got to happen. But but yeah, that's all I want. Kirk, appreciate it, man. Of course, thanks for joining. Hope to see you soon. Let's go to Rain. What's up, Rain? Give Rain a second there. He's still got that Christian Wood Houston Rockets uh, avatar there. Is that working now? It does. How you doing? Oh, <laughs> terribly. Um, I've uh, noticed the pattern. Every game that I watch partially, they might squeak out a win. If I watch a game all the way through, it's always a disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> Every time. Um, beyond that, I just have the question of uh, if we... If uh, if Kyrie doesn't resign for any reason, but he somehow forces out kid, is that a net positive? Man, the Mavericks just have so few bullets in the chamber. I I don't think so because they you know they're out one draft pick this year. They're out the twenty twenty nine pick. I think is what they gave up. It's just they they have so few things to sell. You know, like free like we we know by now that that free agency is not helpful for the Mavericks. It's I, I, it would be very, it's, it, it would be just like the compounding of so many mistakes. It, it would, I, I could see why you'd ask that though, because that's just sort of where we are. With well, well, that goes that theory. Uh, the other idea I had is, um, is, is it worth just, oh, sorry, if Kyrie is in a contract year as he is and all he sees is how this team has basically nothing going for it at the moment outside of Luca and Luca's injured how much incentive does he really have to re-sign when there are other options and he could force his way out the, the math is pretty big he has he has so thoroughly shot his feet off out of um wow that was loud um without the uh the the other endorsements that he was having you know, and and that was a little bit. He can make a quarter billion dollars, and he's age thirty. Like this is going to be his last big payday. So, depending on how much money matters to him, and I think there's an argument to be made that money really does. Um, that that's sort of where the, the things that are up in. Well, we seem to know that. Sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had a really bad echo for a sec. Um, well, he seems to want the contract. And he wants the money. But the way I see it, there's a high likelihood he might just force the sign-and-trade. Yeah, but with sign-and-trades, you've um, got to come within a certain salary value. And if you're doing a sign-and-trade, like, like coming up with 40 to $50 million per – and it's on a yearly basis. So it's like coming up with that number of, of – in the offseason, it's easier. The percentages don't have to be as close, but it's really difficult to get to that number. That's that's why I, I think a sign-in trade is hard. I mean, I, I know they're definitely hard, and you have to play with hard cap rules, et cetera, et cetera. I'm no CBA expert, so I'm not going to pretend to know how all that works. But, yeah, I'm just seeing not a lot of upside right now. I'm just saying, fuck it. Give Green and Hardy all the minutes. Let them develop. Nothing's going to happen this year. We're not going to the finals. Probably not even going to make it to the second round. I mean, who knows? Luke and Kyrie might make it all the way to the finals, but odds are probably not going to make it out of the second round. Give the young guys who need time to develop to help, time to develop. Let them increase any trade value because Lord knows we need the assets. And... See what we have next year. Retool. And um, keep watching like the sick fox we are. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. 
Appreciate it. All right, you guys. Uh, have- All right, talk soon. Let's go to my guy. We're going to let Micah talk, and then Jose's going to close out. Micah, what's up, man? One more time on the mute. You got it for a second. Hey, what's what's going on, Kirk? Can you hear me? Man. Yeah, man, it's tough. Um, I, I I like the article that Josh wrote because that's my opinion. That you have a base, but you don't – you have a foundation, but until you're fixing those insulary pieces, I just – it's the one thing that worries me about Jason Kidd when you go back to his Milwaukee post games talking about, oh, we're, we're, we got – it's the same thing. We got a slew of bigs. It's not. I just. I wonder if he's realized that the game has reverted back. Because the top three teams in every conference, in both conferences, are playing double bigs. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't know if he's realized because it's and. Well, that's why they signed. Just, that's why they signed McGee. It's just signing McGee doesn't solve that problem. <laughs> no. It, it, no, it doesn't. And I don't like what what championships has he been watching? That's that's my question. Like, I can't like I, I've, I've been I've been watching the NBA since ninety one, right? I mean, right. And I also am partially into the history of it. And sure, I can't name you one team out of seventy six that's won with a week. With a weak front court, I can't take a point, and um, and that's the thing. I think we have some decent backup front front court players, but that's what they are. They're backups. Like, can we honestly name one person at the power four or the five that you feel comfortable playing over thirty minutes? I don't see one. I just don't. Yeah. So, and I, I just, I don't think, I I really don't feel like the bullpen, bullpen method just works in playoff. Yeah. Shorten rotations. I don't, I don't see it. You got to get there. And this notion, I've been thinking about what Sonic, the mixer the other night said about, it's like kid just treats the whole regular season, like a, like a experiment. And, And I think that's, I sort of think I've really come around on the notion, but it's just like the Mavericks aren't good enough to do that. Like you need to be winning at like a 60% clip to do that. No. And the Mavericks aren't 500 basketball. No, you, you have to be able to win around the margin. That's right. And that's, that's not just for the Mavericks team. That's for every any team. team that's yeah. ever, ever, ever won. Like how, like how many game inning series, are we looking at throughout the history that you're just thinking, wow, there's just one more stop. This game would be different. Sure. One, one more offensive or defensive rebound. This game would have ended differently. That's right. And it's just, I don't know. That's my knowledge of the NBA. I've just never seen a weak front court. Like I've been having arguments with people about, because they're just going back and forth about the duo not working. The duo is fine. Yeah, they're fine. Right? I don't understand people talking about that. Like, they have 130 but, offensive rating when they share the floor together. Yeah, it's the insulator pieces. And, and they brought up the same – they talk about Tyree being small. And I'm like, um, I keep on bringing up, do I need to remind you – that Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas were under 6-3 and they were backcourt of a team that beat three dynasties on the way to a championship. So, um, but the, at the same time, but you look at their front court and regardless of what people like Agent Zero, knowledge of basketball, they have to say, um, those guys, those tough guys at that center position, the the Bill Lambeers that do the messy, dirty work and make people think differently about coming through the paint. Yeah, that's what you need to win championship games. Like if you, hell, Toronto 
look at how long they beat their head against the wall. And even though they went and got Kawhi Leonard, Mark Gasol was a big difference maker in that championship run. Because you need that. That's my take. I don't know. In the 40 years of Dallas Mavericks history, we've only decided that was important one season. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel that, man. All right, man. All right, we'll talk soon. (laughs) All right, talk soon, Kirk. All right, Jose's going to close us out. Jose, what's up? Uh, Not much, Kirk. Uh, I really do not, like, really care to, you know, talk about Jason Kidd because at at this point his name is just Jason Mid. Mm. And uh, he got the Mavericks playing. Well, the Mavericks are pretty much Dallas Midfreaks at at this point. Sure. The Dallas trash bins. Uh, it is crazy to say that because we finally have a second star, and yet, you know, the parts that still needed to be worked on for the longest are are just stabbing you in, in the gut right now. And there, there's nothing they could do about it right now with six, uh, with sixty something games already played, with only what 15, 14 games left to be played. Before playoff time, it's like, oh, I'm just ready for the season to end. I, I really do not care about playoff success right now with this current team because I think uh, whether we win a playing game, whether we win the first round in the playoffs, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to meet the the end of the road sooner or later. And, and I think it will be better once we do meet the end of the road and we could start – figuring out where this organization is going to go. Where's uh, Nico going to go? Where's uh, is, is Jason mid going to stick around for another year or so? Uh, But I I do see like why you don't personally want to go at Jason Kidd a lot because uh, you know, you do make a good point that none of this really changes. Uh, Like I think he's bought himself a couple of years with the Western Conference Finals appearance, but also like this roster is not built the way he wants it built. And, you know, with adding Christian Wood, I think there is some, you know, clashing of the heads between Nico and Jason Kidd's vision as to what this team is ultimately going to be to be a championship contender. But um, I really wanted to highlight just the the fourth quarter being one fun, of them. Funny, uh, like it was absolutely fun. Like that was the best thing. Like if you even want to just rewatch this game, just skip to the fourth quarter because that was the best quarter. And I think part of the reason was because Jaden Hardy was in the game. I mean, he was effective. He was running like uh, he wasn't completely a disaster on defense. And that's what you like to see, uh, you know, especially if that's what kid is still wanting. Um you know, I don't know how he wants defense when he got Markeith Morris, who's out of shape, who's uh, said he's out of shape. I don't see how you expect defense from uh, Pinson, who hasn't developed his game, and we don't know his position on the court. But podcaster, uh, <laughs> Dallas Mavericks uh, podcaster, social media influencer, That's right? <laughs> but um. You know, Jaden Hardy had one of the most impressive dunks in, in a while. Very good. Uh, yeah, just right on top of Jackson Hayes, and, and that was just really fun. But uh, did you get a chance to see Cali uh, Kaplan's tweet about, like, how Jason uh, Jaden Hardy uh, said that he talks to Josh Green about, like, you know, his experience on the court? You know, what does he need to do when he does such a court? And then he said, like, when he's feeling down, like, the vets are usually the ones picking him up. And, you know, that for me, that's kind of hard to hear just because Jaden Hardy is a rookie. But, like, uh, there there's some things that some of these players don't have with what Jaden Hardy has, and, and I think he should be getting some more run time. I know the, the numbers say that, you know, having a rookie player playing X amount of minutes has no – impact on winning games but 
really where we're at right now, who the fuck cares? Like, well, Kid <laughs> talked about like only earlier in the year talking talked about wanting to put him in advantageous positions for him, where like he goes out, shows out, looks good, you know, leave him wanting more kind of idea. And I think with things being so tight, they just haven't wanted to do anything that would put him in the position to be part of why they would lose. I, I understand that rationale, at least. However, I, I with Luca down, I don't want to see those other guys. I don't. I would rather see the guy who can, who can, you know, the variance might be worse where he might play really bad. We've seen that from him, but it could be very fun. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, part of being a fan is just being entertained by, That's right. by, by the game. And uh, when, when you're watching, you know, Justin Holiday, you're watching Frank Ninakula and you're watching, um, three guys who cannot self-create with one generational passer and one, one center who just sets screens and, and, you know, rotates his feet. It's like, that's not entertaining basketball. Like as a basketball fan, I want to turn that shit off. I mean, the only obligation that I have of watching mass basketball sometimes just to run my show. And, you know, because I love this game so much and, and I love doing what I do when it, when it comes to talking to sure. uh, y'all in the group chat. So when, when I see like Jaden Hardy go out there, uh, yeah, I am begging for more. I, I really do not care if Jaden Hardy goes out there and goes two of 12, you know, m- loses his mind on defense because I seen Theo Pinson, uh, who's been a, a quote-unquote vet, just be absolutely lost and had to be tapped on the shoulder a couple times to move move around on the court just because he was so lost as to what he needs to do. Like, I, I'd rather have Jaden Hardy out there any given time. But, uh, Kirk, I know it's already uh, your battery's suffering. We're 3%, <laughs> man. We're doing it. We're getting out ahead. We're we're suffering as a fan base. It's a good time to go ahead and close up shop because this season will not last long. That's right, man. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Thanks for hanging out, Jose. Talk soon. All right, friends of the program, which is all of you, we're going to go to bed. We're not going to watch Dallas basketball for a couple of days. I'm going to watch some some television. Really enjoying my, 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 uh, my stories, as, as grandma says. Everybody be good. Uh, We'll talk soon and go Mavs.